And what you're talking about is the com compartmentalization. The CIA perfected that idea when they were building the CIA. Give everybody a, a specific task and keep them in a very tight right. box, very uh, limited knowledge about what else is going on around them, and just make them one part of a process that creates anything they want to create. And that's exactly how they've allowed this to to get as far out of hand as it's gotten is because most people think they're just doing their job. They're just doing a job. And it's very benign if you look at one little piece of it. But when you look at the big picture, it is deadly. It is awful right. what they're getting away with. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Well, good Sunday afternoon and welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Uh, we refer to this as the uh, uh, common sense and logic alternative to the NFL, uh, thinking people park their brains here. This <laughs> anyway, and that's why Sarah Westall is going to be my guest today on the program. Sarah is really quite a, a brilliant young lady, and I call her young. She's very young for me, but uh, I'm old, so that's the reason. But uh, uh, Sarah has uh, incredible background. She's uh, uh, taught business. She's run executive businesses. She is uh, the um, host of a, a nationally syndicated uh, business show called Business Game Changers. She is an adjunct professor and teaches at the uh, Carlson School at the uh, University of Minnesota as an adjunct professor teaching business, teaching entrepreneurship, and uh, various technical things. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the program. We are going to be talking today about the uh, UNESCO and how UNESCO is trying to censor the entire internet and uh, all the uh, software companies are going along with this program. We're going to be talking about that today. Uh, welcome to the program, Sarah. Thank you for being our guest. Oh, you're going to have to unmute yourself. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yes, Sorry I got you now. 
I said, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate that. And I, and thank you for the nice intro. I appreciate that as well. Well, you've done a lot of things and you're incredibly good at business. So you understand just exactly as an entrepreneur, somebody who has taught business, who's taught entrepreneurship, you understand how important it is that people uh, that we have free speech, that we have the right to say and think what we want. And if we're going to be a productive economy and a productive society, the last thing we need is UNESCO, uh, the United Nations UNESCO program telling us that uh, if it doesn't fit their politically correct paradigm, we're going to get censored. We're going to get knocked off the air. That is what's wrong with the world right now. And that is what's wrong with globalism in a nutshell. It is. And they don't, they spin their narrative to sound amazingly great. And behind it, it could be anything, right? Okay, let's look at vaccines. They've spun the narrative that you need to shut down anybody that criticizes vaccines because vaccines help people and help humanity. And we can't create this bad thing against vaccines because you're going to cause millions of people to die. Okay, well, then what happens when the vaccine that you're cramming down our throats actually is killing people and harmful and that people need to know about it so that they can protect themselves? Those are the kinds of things that are very dangerous when you get a group of people who think they know what's best for you mm-hmm. implementing something, forcing it down your throats, and they're wrong. That's the whole point of freedom of speech is that so many of these do-gooders, and there's not there are non-do-gooders behind them, but so many of these do-gooders think they know what's best for you. And they're wrong. And they've, they're they're being manipulated by others behind the scenes who do know what they're doing. But we have so many useful idiots at the United Nations who really think that the way to create peace and prosperity for everyone is to create this non-elected, tyrannical, global dictatorship through the United Nations. And these useful idiots that are incredibly naive are helping them do this. And they don't realize that behind this, all this fancy rhetoric, making them sound really great, are people who want to depopulate and control the world. And they're the richest, the really small percent, 0.00001% of the people who are would be controlling. And these useful idiots don't like the very wealthy, but they don't realize they're being manipulated by the very ones that are causing so many of these problems. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, I, I refer to it as high IQ netwits. They because they're a, a college professor or some high IQ individual, they think that they should be able to determine what is right and what is wrong. And well, that, go, that's go so wrong with our system. I, our system was designed to allow everyone to have a seat at the table, and that's the way you protect the rights of the innocent, the rights of the individual, is by allowing everybody to live under the same set of rules. And those rules are pretty wide open. They are. Well, we have to expect respect everyone's right to live in, with freedom and peace. 
and they only care about their own perspective. And we used to understand that getting a university degree doesn't make you all wise. I mean, the practical experience used to mean something. And now just somebody can go take some classes and they know more than everybody else. I mean, that's complete rubbish. And in the business world, it's inherently known. Just because you take classes in business doesn't mean you're going to be able to run a business, going to be able to start a new company. It just doesn't work that way, period. But in all, a lot of other fields, they think just because they took a bunch of classes, they suddenly are more knowledgeable than somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years and seeing everything. Theory is different than actually living it. It's like learning how to ski. You're not going to take a bunch of classes to learn how to ski and be a great skier. You have to actually go ski down the slope, fall a whole bunch of times, get back up, do it again, year after day after day, year after year to become good at it. You're not going to learn it reading a book. And that's the fallacy of universities. Yeah, you could take a, if you're a master skier, you could take a class on skiing and maybe you could learn some things. Wow. You know, there, I didn't know that your muscles harden up after X amount of time and I need to do all these things. You could learn some stuff, but you sure aren't going to learn how to be a great skier by doing it. And we, we used to know these basic concepts. And for some reason, we've lost our collective minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you said something that's important, <laughs> our collective minds, because that is exactly what is behind this whole, this whole idea of, of uh, controlling people. And they're using collectivists. They're using people uh, who's, uh, trying to get everybody to fight each other and to uh, create this turmoil for the whole system. And in the process, then they can slam dunk all these really, really awful programs, these eugenics programs and things like that, that they have planned for the world. And they do it because there's so many people that are so willing to fall in line with their particular idea, particular dogma, and then they can be controlled. And that's what we're trying to bring up here on this program is uh, people quit joining groups and identifying yourself as a particular type of uh, person other than maybe a patriot, because the fact is they're trying to control us by slicing and dicing us. That's true. They want to create chaos because the chaos allows them to bring in their reset. And the chaos allows them to have more power and control over us. I still don't understand how the people who are socialists or communists believe that giving more power to those who are actually creating our problems is a solution. I, I just, I never, I've never come to, to understand how they see giving more power to the very ones who are causing these issues will ever create a solution versus giving it back to the people. But that being said, we are really watching technocracy being unfolding in front of us. So they're using just the, uh, Brzezinski. You guys know who Brzezinski was. Their goal and the Trilateral Commission it was to bring in technocracy. And bringing in technocracy is done first through socialism and, socialism and communism. But we know it's the ugly head of technocracy because depopulation and some of the other things trust the science. We know that that's emerging because 
those are the messages that we're getting. We know that technocracy is behind all this. And that's what the World Economic Forum, that's what they're doing. But they're using the communist protocols to bring in technocracy. And so all those people who are communists and socialists, those are really useful idiots for this whole program. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, BLM, all these different groups that they're creating are designed to fragment society so that we don't start joining together to d discover who the real evil people are that we should be dealing with, which is, as you say, it's the globalists. It's a 0.00001% of the people that literally run the world. And uh, they enlist all the help of all these different groups because those groups think that somehow they're the right group and if they just get their way, <laughs> everything's going to be wonderful. Well, the fact is, right. is, the only way anything is going to be wonderful is if we have a truly free industrious society where people have the right and, and the ability to make good choices because they are trained to make good choices. That's what classical liberal education and many of these other things that uh, that are being swept aside in modern America uh, to make us more pliable and easier to bring into the new world order. Well, but it's easier if people are not taught to critically think, right? right? That's what our school systems are for. Take over all the school systems, which they have and then breed a bunch of automaton robots, right? They can't have creativity, they can't critically think, they can't challenge their teacher, they can't sit and have debates with their classmates. That's how you create a, a solid citizen that can critically think. They're, they are, are also created, so you can find creative solutions to problems. We've bred that out of kids. I did a, um, a show where we talked about how creativity before the age of five or six, these little kids are little geniuses. And there was a seminar, gosh, it must've been 10 years ago on YouTube where he brought in adults and then little kids and they're supposed to solve some real world problems. And they gave them a problem to solve. The little kids came up with all these creative solutions. I mean, they were kind of goofy, but they created, some of them were really good. And they came up with the solution, whereas the um, the adults were too much in their box that they couldn't create a solution, and the kids had no boundaries. Mm -hmm. It was it was pretty interesting. And as kids get older, each you know by the age of twelve, the amount of creative kids with creativity decreases considerably. And by the eight, time you're eighteen, the numbers suggest that maybe only twelve percent of people still have creative and critical thinking skills. So that's what our school systems are doing to kids. Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. We, we did, uh, we've got a uh, homeschooling group here in the area where I live and uh, they started doing their homeschooling because the Christian schools that they had, that they had uh, taken their children and, and enrolled their children in were starting to uh, teach the same politically right. correct uh, stuff that uh, public school systems are are teaching. And it turns out that uh, they were following along with the same woke agenda that the public schools were. And 
yet they don't want to admit that they've got a problem in the private schools. Well, the private schools now are losing kids almost as fast as the public schools because they're teaching the same things. They've gotten in line with the same crazy ideas. Well, there, and there was never anything wrong with teaching that everyone has a right to equal opportunities, right? right. It, it, there's nothing less discriminatory than that. It is the most beautiful concept is that we raise all of our children, whoever they are, to be able to flourish and do whatever they want in society. But we also teach them to be responsible and be responsible citizens. That means if you have children, you better care about your kids, right? They come first. But it's it's just these basic common sense stuff. And they've replaced it with programs that are the antithesis of that, right? If you are equity versus um, equal opportunity is different than equity. And that means in order to create equity, you have to remove the equal opportunity for some to give it to others. And that should never be taught in any civilized society, period. Now, we should remove obstacles wherever we can where equal opportunity does not exist. That is true. And that they are right in some of that. But their ways of doing it is to decrease the opportunity for some to give it to others. And you know, these things are just hogwash. And it's the same with LGBTQ, right? Well, we want to accept everybody for who they are, but we don't want to encourage, um, how do I say this properly? Because we, we, we want to always accept people for who they are and we don't want to abuse people, but they are creating an atmosphere that are confusing kids. There was a whistleblower that came out in the Federalist that worked for a, she was a lesbian who worked for a, a gender uh, uh, clinic that one of the universities, I think the University of Pennsylvania, or I think it was on the East Coast. And maybe it was Connecticut. It's one of the East Coast states and uh, university programs. And she was working with the transgender, the, the gender change clinic, right? And she was saying at first when she worked there, there was, you know, it's a one, less than 1% of the people. And there really are a legitimate group of people who have this this gender dysphoria, right? And they need help. And you can decide that, I don't know what they need, but there's a small percentage, right? And psychologists claim that getting a gender change might help them psychologically. I don't know, I'm not, that's a small percentage of people, right? But we're not talking about that. She was talking about how now they had groups of teenage girls that would go in together inquiring about gender change. I mean, this is, that is not how this works. And that was happening all over the country because they're encouraging that behavior. Many of you remember Dr. Zelenko, the courageous doctor who saved countless lives using hydroxychloroquine during the pandemic. Dr. Z not only saved lives in the United States, but many countries adopted his protocols and he saved even more lives around the world. Since those early days, him and his team at ZStack developed an entire line of immunity building supplements from Z Detox to Z Shield to Z Night. Now they also have Kids ZStack. It's the same as the adult ZStack, but formulated to protect kids from the onslaught they will see this cold and flu season. What many don't know about Dr. Z was his passion to end child trafficking. 
Before he passed away, he partnered with Mission Safe Harbor, and now a portion of every sale of Kids Z-Stack is donated to help end child trafficking. Now you can protect your kids while also helping to protect kids everywhere. By using the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. Know you are protecting your entire family while also helping to end child trafficking. And it's ridiculous. My my um, my niece is a, a social worker. She's a trained psychologist, actually, not a social worker. She's has a degree in psychology, a master's degree. And she works with people who have, she knows some people who works, has that disability or that illness, if you will, that the gender dysphoria. And she tells me she, during the middle of all of this, she was saddened by so much of this because the, the people who are really afflicted with this are, don't want the attention. They didn't ask for all this attention. And even the people in that who are sincerely in that are saying, this is a problem. Like the whistleblower who came out and said, Hey, this is not, and she gave a bunch of examples about how girls would get a gender surgery, get their breasts cut off or whatever. And then two years later, they regret it and want to have children and things. I mean, it's, it's incredible. My sister's a doctor and she has a patient. I don't know if it was a girl or boy who changed to a girl, but what they changed to one sex or the other. And they did that to this person when they were 16 years old. Now he or she is 18 or 19 and they regret it. And so mm-hmm. she's helping them through this process. Now they have had two years of gender changing, whatever the heck they did to this person. And now they regret it. And now it's for the rest of their lives. And so this is the kind of hogwash that we're pushing on our kids. And that will destabilize our country, which creates the chaos that they're looking for. And we, we have, we have these useful idiots that are convinced that if you fight back about this, you're a bigot. All we're doing is fighting for innocent people to not be subjected to hogwash and propaganda but we are being accused of being bigots because of that. And we know that the majority of the people who get these, these gender changing surgeries as children regret it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just one woke ideology that is so far off the tracks that we need. But I think that was on purpose. I think because they know the majority of us are going to go, wait a minute, this is just fundamentally flawed. And it creates this chaos. And then we're going to sit and focus on it because we have to, we have to protect people. And they, and that's the chaos they want to create. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how there's so many useful idiots in the education mm-hmm. system that are supporting this. I mean, I just, I don't understand why we have so many zombies supporting these obviously flawed ideas. I agree. I agree. And uh, I, you you don't know this, but uh, I I uh, my father was a card carrying communist back in the '30s. Now he died when I was still quite young, but uh, I I grew up in that kind of a liberal background, and uh, that's what I heard was that kind of stuff. But they could never explain how, from a business standpoint, any of this made any sense economically. It, it's all warm and fuzzy. It feels good until you have to face the reality that somebody's got to pay for it. Somebody and else pays for it. Somebody yes. else always is the one that they want to have pay for it. 
And well, let, it doesn't work that way. Well, let's say you're building a, a great, I like to use sports as an analogy because it's really a great analogy for business for for any organization. But let's say you're trying to create the best team you can. You're not you're not going to bypass really good players for somebody who's mediocre because of the color of their skin or because of their sex. You just are not doing that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get to a point where we're more aware that the color of your skin and your gender doesn't affect uh, doesn't mean that you're not as good. That's the problem. That's what they're trying to get over is that there's the stigma that is given to certain groups that they're inferior because of their sex or their color skin that we need to stomp out because that's mm-hmm. BS. Mm-hmm. You know, they stomped it out with, um, I love the, the orchestra analogy where white men were getting more of the opportunities than everybody else. And then they started putting people behind these these screens, black screens. So the judges had no idea who was behind it. All they could hear was the music and their work. And then everything equaled out. Mm-hmm. Now that is the, that's the essence of merit, right? If we mm-hmm. can get to the point where merit is what decides everything, that's beautiful because that's how you equalize things. That's how you get people to work hard and feel like they have the opportunity. If they work hard, they can benefit. Where it hurts is that no matter how hard you work, no matter how good you are, you won't be chosen because you're not X, right? That crap needs to go. But what they're doing is they're promoting in mediocrity or inferior skills at the expense of being good. And that will fundamentally take down any organization, any sports team will lose. I mean, you'll be last and you businesses can't survive like that. And it, it makes no sense. So there, it, that's why people coming together. I mean, I would assume these people are smart enough to know these things, but I don't know. I mean, how do we solve the discrepancies without doing something stupid that shoots ourselves in the foot? Mm-hmm. And they, they don't care. Well, Sarah, the you know what you're talking about too is so important because um, I think most of us that grew up in this country realize that that's the special part of being uh, in in a country where we live under rule of law, where we uh, we are judged by the the uh, quality of our decisions not the color of our skin we are judged by what we produce and what we do and how we live and that would not exist in a communist country because they are the ones that end up picking and choosing who the that's winners right. and the losers are and that's, that's why right. they're doing the woke agenda because it allows them to go in and pick the winners and losers and not do it through rule of law. And they believe, these idiots anyways, believe that they are the right person to do it because their beliefs are the right way. They haven't crossed their mind for some reason that they could be wrong and that dialogue and debate helps us be better. Mm-hmm. They just don't the usefulness. Now the other people behind this that are bringing in technocracy, they know they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. But behind this whole agenda is a eugenics program. That's right. In a big way, and uh, frankly, 
the more confusion, the more strife, the more everything that they uh, artificially produce uh, allows them to really, really limit uh, human enterprise. And in time, it'll reduce the population just like they want. They do. Yeah, they how that's why I don't understand how people can still trust these people at all. Because they go for peace, but yet they promote wars. They want to eliminate poverty, or how about they want to eliminate hunger, which wouldn't be that hard for somebody with the kind of money and resources they have to do it, but they never can do it. And their actions show the opposite. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how we can trust any of these people, like the World Health Organization, who are trying to put this global dictatorship together. I mean, what in the world? We just watched them manage this, you know, force down our throats, something that is the worst thing since that we've seen maybe all of history towards the entire world population. And we want to give them more power. I mean, what is wrong with you to think that 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 could possibly be a solution? And we, we, the, luckily, we have more and more people waking up to the reality of what we're facing, but we still have way too many people who are confused and supporting these agendas. And, you know, they will collapse on themselves once people start, stop supporting this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, <clears throat> sir, the and I've been I've been telling my friends this, and I think you probably see it too. I think we reached a tipping point uh, over the COVID jabs, uh, where people now I think people are really starting to wake up in a big way, and I've seen that for the last year and a half, two years, where. Um, you know, let's say five years ago, somebody would look at me like, well, they'd tell me I needed a tinfoil hat when I would talk about Agenda 21 or some of these other programs. And uh, now they come to me and they say, well, what do you think we ought to do next? <laughs> I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I have people coming to me, too, that probably thought I was a whack job. And now they're like, wait a minute, she might be onto something. She knows stuff that we don't know. And that's a good thing, but that just means they're implementing. It means they're implementing their agendas. And that means we're at a late hour. And so we need these people to not only wake up, but understand what's happening and help fight. Because we uh, we're civilization itself is actually on the line. I mean, these guys want to take out 90% of the population or a large chunk of us and they're going to go for it and they are going for it. And the fact that they are, it's so blatant and in your face means that they're in implementation mode and we are under assault right now. And I know it sounds fear porn and everything else, but it's, very real. And that's what they're doing. This whole Israel Gaza thing is just another indication of how controlled our country really is. I mean, the fact that you have every single politician, but maybe one who didn't vote to bring aid to Israel, the fact that our bombs and military are what's bombing Gaza. I don't know anybody that disagrees with 
finding justice for the Hamas people. Well, there are people that think that was justified, but in general, I don't think any, most people I know don't think the murder of the innocent, anybody innocent, Israeli or anybody else is ever justified, right? Mm -hmm. So the majority of the people I know are thought that was horrifying on October 7th, but everybody I know is also just as frustrated with the fact that Israel let it happen and that the Israelis should be pissed. And not only that Hamas did it, who the perpetrators were, but their own government, they got to mm -hmm. look at their own government that let that happen. And who was your, they were accomplished, accomplice to the actual murders because they, they invited, they knew about it and they, they could have stopped it and they were not protected because they want to do this other agenda, which is wipe out Gaza. Now, wiping out Gaza and completely, uh, when you read, now the mainstream media, and this is part of censorship, which is so infuriating, the mainstream media is, and, the, and most of the conservative media is not giving the truth on what's happening, of like how many innocent people are dying. There's no way that babies and children are not innocent. I don't, I don't care how much you want to blow smoke or how much you want to spin stuff. A child is innocent by definition. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that 60% of the people who are being killed there are children is an absolute war crime in every single definition you can find. And right now they have all the borders are closed. I had that confirmed because there's three exits out of Gaza and all of them are closed. I had to have it confirmed because I just couldn't believe how barbaric that is. They asked people to move, told people to move out of the north because that's where they're going to bomb. And so most of people moved. A lot of the hospitals couldn't clear out. That's why babies all died in the hospital. I mean, it's just horrible. Um, but they move south and now, and that's completely raised, right? Now mm -hmm. they're, they're bombing the south. People have nowhere to go. They don't have food. They don't have water. They don't have electricity. All the hospitals are shut down and they're getting the crap bombed out of them now in the south. There's nowhere for these people to go. Mm -hmm. The only reason this level of massacre is allowed to happen, and the only reason the Israeli government got allowed, got away with the October 7th being involved in that, is because of censorship. This mm -hmm. would end millions of lives, or not millions, thousands of lives would be saved if there wasn't this level of censorship and propaganda. Period. Yeah. And it's the same with yeah. COVID and so many other things. And because I refuse to believe that a, a normal caring, unless you're mentally ill, would see it for what it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, <clears throat> and, and that's a program we did a couple of weeks ago was the fact that uh, Netanyahu referred to uh, the October 7th event as their 9-11 event. And when he said that, I couldn't help but smile because uh, those of us who know what happened on 9-11, and uh, Sarah, I'll tell you my background. I, I My background is as a commercial building contractor, Class A Unlimited, uh, but also uh, architecture. I took architecture in college. And uh, one of the one of the subjects we that I had to take, it was required, was structures. We studied the Twin Towers. I, I'm that old. They were just being built when uh, when I was in the School of Architecture. 
And uh, we studied the Twin Towers because they were designed where literally multiple uh, 707 hits could hit the building and it would still stand. It could not, they could not be brought down. And the interior structure was strong enough to hold the entire building up and also the exterior structure was. And it was designed with these really amazing steel uh, structures on the outside. And they're like, a, a I, I don't know how quite to describe them, but they're a preformed, very heavy steel uh, structure on the outside. And when we saw the, the, the uh, planes blow up and 9-11, when we saw the, the big fireballs and stuff, that was because when they hit those buildings, the planes, the wings sheared off and all the fuel exploded outside of the buildings because those wings could not get into the buildings. Okay, that was where, uh, anyway, when Netanyahu talked about it was a 9-11 event for Israel, I couldn't help but uh, smile on that because at the same time, uh, October 7th, uh, the military stood down for seven hours, the most secure border in the entire world where they can they can see a bird flying into the That's fence. Right. And, and it was completely shut down and they were allowed to get into Israel for seven hours. I mean, well, and that's that's just ludicrous. And so the mm -hmm. Israeli people, if you want to point fingers at anybody, point it back at your government yeah. and realize that they were at fault. If your your protection, your dome, Iron Dome was meant to protect you from things like that and they purposely took it down, then they're at fault. It's like if your police, if there's a serial killer running around and your police escort them into your house. Who's at fault? The police or the Syriac? Well, they both kind of are, right? But I would say the police are just as at fault as a serial killer if they let them into your house. That's mm -hmm. the same situation. And the fact that we aren't acknowledging that from a media standpoint is absolutely insane. It's, it, I, you know, these are basic things that propaganda, they convince people of the dumbest things and people it's the that's why i started off with the critical thinking they can convince people of things that make no sense and they believe it because they believe the authority of these people they and they're pretty persuasive right they leave out they they just talk about the babies being killed and the people being raped and all and how horrifying it was because it was horrifying. and it was it was horrifying and, and it was Absolutely. bad and is it, it, it was horrifying and the that makes it even worse that the government allowed it. But people only hear that. They don't get to hear anything else. And then so that triggers their emotions and they think wrong. I mean, they just, their reality is skewed. That's what mind war is. That's what these mind war is to create a reality that doesn't exist. It's really well documented in the military documents. I'm actually doing a presentation this week for the false flags and um, conspiracy theory conference, but I've been doing this for three. This is my third year, I think. Maybe it's my fourth. I don't know, but I've been, this, there's a three part series that I've been doing on uh, censorship and um, my, you know, on technology behind that. And, and I was talking about more basic stuff when I came the first 
time. The second time was a little bit more into the technology. This one, I'm really going to dive into the technology behind this censorship program. And I don't, people just don't understand how much they're being manipulated. And my background is big tech, right? I, mm -hmm. I, um, when, when you were bringing up my background, that's probably more of what helps me more than anything is I used to work at us West back in the day and I got promoted a bunch of times and I was responsible for the systems design and development for enterprise, which was the, the net advanced networking arm of us West back in the day. And we supported all the systems and development for the high-speed networks. And we had 75% of the network back then, back in the early 90s. It was actually mid-90s. And Frame Relay was the backbone of the internet back then. And we had 75% of that market. Everyone wanted to work with us. And I was kind of head... I didn't realize what I was in the middle of back then. But that has really helped me in everything that I'm doing going forward with big tech dominating out of the top 10 companies in the world. They are nine of the top 10 companies. Only company that's in the ranks is Saudi Arabia's oil company called Aramco. And so of the top five companies, I think Saudi Arabia's Aramco is like third, I think. Apple is just another trillion dollars worth of market cap. They're at like $3 trillion. The next one, uh, I think it's Google at $2 trillion and then Saudi Aramco. So my background in big tech and analyzing data, I, mean, I did a ton of data modeling and to run the entire organization, we modeled out the data so that we could, they could add a network circuit on the fly and all these things. It was, it's kind of what people are doing now, but they aren't even as advanced as we were back then with the data. Most companies aren't with the data perspective, but you better believe that Google and all these big social media companies, they are, this is their agenda because they know that they can dominate, they can manipulate people to an extreme level based on how they, um, how they, what they serve up to you and what they don't allow you to see. If people haven't seen Dr. Epstein's work, he's the, we're working with his organization, the uh, psychologist, psychologist organization, AIER, and the free speech, or, cause I did three, um, conferences on free speech, right? I called it the censored. And we'll probably do another one next year, but we did three in a row and we need to take a break and we'll probably do another one. But we're affiliated with his organization. He's the one that went in front of Congress to talk about how Google likely changed millions, millions of votes just by what they're serving up. But he did a report back on, oh God, it was like two months ago. He sent it to me. It was beautiful. It was a great report and people need to learn about this. They did a study. It was double blind, placebo. I mean, they just did all the, the things that you do with the study to make it good, you know, where it's a double blind, it's uh, controlled for parameters. They had the whole thing laid out how they did it. In Australia, they did it in Australia and which was good because it's not the US. I, I like the fact that they use another country to do this. And they did on, they used Twitter at the time and they posted disinformation or bias, they didn't call it disinformation, they called it biased information on political candidates. And they were tracking it and what information was affecting votes and things like that. And they found that 97% of the people were affected by, no, what was it? 90, oh, I don't have the numbers on the top of my head. Around 90, 
percent of the people mm-hmm. were affected by the bias information, and ninety-seven percent of the people were unaware that they were even looking at biased information. Wow. So only three percent of the people were aware of the biased information that they were getting, and the majority that like ninety-some percent. I I apologize, I don't have the correct number in front of me changed their voting and their perspective based on the disinformation that was given. Mm -hmm. This is the power that they have, and that's how effective it is against the people. And if the people aren't aware of what they're being subjected to, they're complete sitting ducks. You know, those of us in the media, like what we do, we're so, we, we spend all of our days, every day, doing research and figuring out what's going on. So we are less likely to be manipulated by false information because we know the information. Although a huge portion of our industry is still affected by that. Like what happened, you can look at it with COVID or with um, Israel or all these things. So Mm -hmm. many of them get swept into it and they don't know. And I always say, why does it take two years for people to actually figure it out? Because what happens is it takes us to come in and say, no, this is the truth. Here's the information here. We have to fight this propaganda nonstop. And then the people eventually, the majority comes around like two years later, after all the slaughter and the massacre and all the destruction has already happened. That's because of big tech and data manipulation and the mass media parroting what they want you to think. And that's the mind war. That's the the military strategy was developed. They implemented it in other countries, but they turned it against us in the United States to create a reality that doesn't exist. If this doesn't exist, we will force it into existence. That's mm-hmm. their philosophy with, with PSYOPs. And they do it with the media. They do it with advertising. They do it with television shows. They do it with everything you see. And so with Google having, they grew in market share. They had something like 87% of the U.S. market share. And it just in this last year grew to 89%. And worldwide, they had 93% two years ago. And it grew by another percent to 94% of the worldwide market share. That's a globalist tool. It's a globalist organization. They have partnered with the World Health Organization. And they have so much blood on their hands. They are... They think they're doing something good, but they're destroying freedom, liberty, causing massive death everywhere. And they're useful idiots. You know, I get mad at these Mm -hmm. people because they can make a difference. I realize there's a lot of workers in these companies that are there to try to get a paycheck, but they can be a cog, at least making it difficult to implement these kind of tyrannical strategies that are destroying not only the United States, but the world. And it comes down to the power they have with data manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's right. They're, they are war criminals. They are crimes against humanity. I mean, we have, we have a lot of work to do to clean this up. And I do know that the majority of the people want to be good. They're good, sincere, hardworking people in these companies, but they need to wake up to what they're part of and help to stop it because I know they're better than this. They are better than this and they are the ones that can help stop this. But, you know, when you look at like Myers-Briggs, are you familiar with the Myers-Briggs, the personality profiling? uh, A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It is. Have you ever done one of those? No, I haven't. I haven't. Well, you know, and you have like a hundred questions or something that you answer, and it's amazing how accurate it comes out to analyze who you are. I don't think it's super accurate with me. I'm an INTJ, 
which um, I think I'm really, I'm an in-betweener, like I'm an in-between a thinker and a feeling thing. Cause, but anyways, regardless of that, I don't think it really is a hundred percent on point with everybody, but it's pretty darn close and it gets you in the ballpark. Now that's a hundred questions. Now let's add thousands and thousands of data points that these organizations now have with your data and with your questions and with your Mm -hmm. actions and your beliefs and what you read and follow and everything else that brings that Myers-Briggs things that was really accurate, but not quite on point to now being totally on point. They know more Mm -hmm. about you than you know about yourself. And when uh, Yuval Harari, which everybody (laughs) thinks is a great villain of the world, when he comes on and says, you are humans are are hackable animals and that you no longer have they know he says you no longer have free will and that they know more about you than you know about yourself that's what he's pointing to mm-hmm. now the sad part is the hackable animals and you no longer have free will r- will and I, this is when i when i talk at my this will be in my uh, speech i'll be talking about what he really means by that there's mm-hmm. one thing which is the the low tech I call this low tech, even though some people might think it's high tech. The low tech means of doing this is controlling the data and the censorship and feeding you things that, that triggers you based on your personality profile, right? So they know that if, if you are interested in something that, and they want to sway your opinion, they know that these things will probably trigger you. Whereas other things will trigger me. Right. And so, and, and, and they, they know all this and they're perfecting it. That's a low tech thing. When you get into the, the higher tech, which is black market or black projects of the CIA and DARPA, that's when you start talking about frequency and affecting emotions directly, um, tracking people based on, you know, what they're, you know, tracking you based on chips and, and, um, what other one was I going to talk about? Some of the medical devices that they're doing. You know, COVID was a psyop in the sense that, you know, Giordano, who is a PhD, runs the, he's a neuroscientist that works with the military that runs a lot of these psyops. Yep. And he, I caught him talking about exactly what happened in COVID a couple years before it happened. And he talked about how you take down a society, a community, by feeding them, giving them a disease, an illness, and then feeding the wrong protocols to the newspapers and to everybody and the hospitals. And so the hospitals will end up implementing the wrong protocols for a disease that was created. That was COVID. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. he explained it in, an inter- in a speech he gave at West Point. Mm. And these guys have been working on this stuff for a while. Now that is a low tech psyop. The high tech psyop is more the frequency stuff and that Mm -hmm. gets scary. And that I'm going to be talking about on my speech a little bit. Well, and they're they're talking about creating avatars uh, so that literally we have a, um, you know, what you call a, 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 uh, uh, I don't know what the best term for it, but a synthetic personality of us that uh, duplicates everything about us, but can live in another 
in another realm, in a totally different uh, uh, paradigm. Yeah, and these guys are so full of crap. I, but isn't this bizarre that they it's talk so about full this of stuff? crap? Because they think they're, this is where, I, I think it's a PSYOP on top of a PSYOP. I think they're so delusional. They don't understand that, that we have a soul. I don't think they believe in the soul. They no, don't understand they don't. the energy that's within us and this, this soul that we don't understand is not just about the brain patterns and the information in our brain. It's not just that. We have something more than that. And they think they can recreate us by just creating our thoughts and our memories. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that we are much bigger than our brain. So much of our memories and muscle, you know, our muscle memory and things are in our gut, in our heart. And there's an aura that's around us and we're connected to our creator. You're not going to have something that's connected to your creator when creator, when it's just a computer program and it's, it's, that's, yeah. it's just such BS. Well, and the science needs to catch up to what we really are without screwing us over. Well, but that's their point is that they want to create man in their image and uh, we were created by our creator in God's image. And we have, you're, you're absolutely right, our soul is an essence that they cannot duplicate. And frankly, they want to destroy our souls. They want to get rid of uh, our souls because then they can scientifically create uh, a new man that has no soul. Then it really is their creation. Well, then it's a robot. It's a robot. They're just yeah. creating robots. And then this is the confusing propaganda. I think they're going to try to confuse enough people to actually sign up to go put themselves into some computer program for eternity, but they're just going to sign up to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's another psyop, you know, with all my research is how do you create a scenario where you can convince people to walk to their own death? Mm -hmm. They've been working on that for a while. Oh, yeah. And this is an example of that. If you sign up to put yourself in the, the metaverse or whatever you're going to do, and you abandon your physical body, you're committing suicide. And so I think there will probably be a, a decent percentage of people who will sign up for that. Mm -hmm. I think right? there will be. There's a lot of useful idiots out there, as you said. But uh, Sarah... This is exactly how this propaganda program that they're doing and their manipulation of uh, true science and true data, that's how it all has, has been calculated. It's part of that program to reduce the human population. If you look at the big picture, which you do, it all ties together. All the dots connect. There is nothing in the universe that is unexplainable. It's all very, very easily explained once you see the big picture. It is. And we're, you know, as a human species, we still have a lot of work to do to figure things out, you know, from our history, because I think a lot of things were changed on us. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we're, we're constantly, we're just in the infancy of understanding physics and science and all these things. We're in a dark age because they're, 
they think they have science figures. Science is settled. You know, <laughs> this, the most yeah. ridiculous statement I've ever heard is science is settled. And right. we are in our infancy in science, right? The reason why we are, I, I think we're in a uh, dark ages and the mm-hmm. universities are gatekeepers because we, we aren't allowed, you know, the Tesla science, the frequency science, the, the electric universe science, all these things that are showing to, to have promise of what's our true reality and how we can really move forward. All that is being suppressed mm-hmm. because, and same with medicine, you know, medicine is this black box science. They're ignoring all this frequency stuff that would fundamentally change science, fundamentally change medicine. They're ignoring all of it. They're gatekeepers. They don't understand it. And they're putting us into this dark ages. And then the censorship on top of it, of censoring anybody that talks about things that are different is prolonging this dark ages. And these idiots who think they know better than everybody else are all they're doing is managing this dark ages of ignorance. And they think they're helping humanity and they're all they're doing is holding us back. And that's what they don't understand. It's like they know more than than are the greatest leaders of all time, you know, from Gandhi and Martin Luther King to I mean, every amazing leader through um, Jesus, all amazing leaders. If you read what they say about censorship is freedom. And and if you want people to be able to leave, live freely, to not have tyranny, to not have crimes against humanity on an ongoing basis, the one thing that keeps that from happening, the best thing we have as a human species is free speech. Mm-hmm. And these idiots that think that they know more than all the, the greatest leaders through our history. I mean, maybe they need to stop and ponder. Well, if I'm thinking differently than these great leaders, then maybe I'm not right. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> so, humanity has been through this a few times. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's nothing new under the sun. And when we fail to learn uh, from history, we're bound to repeat it is uh, uh, was certainly said by, I, well, it's been credited to Churchill, but I think it's actually Santana that uh, said that. Um, anyway, uh, Sarah, you brought up uh, what's going on now in the Middle East, and this is such a tragic thing, and the same thing that happened in, uh, in um, Ukraine. And we're being drugged through all these different all these different programs that are uh, bleeding us dry. I mean, and they are taking away our independence and our ability to uh, think freely. And I think back at uh, 9-11, and I think back at uh, George uh, W. Bush saying, you're either with us or you're against us. And um, making that kind of a, a hard line, if you just use common sense and say, now, wait a minute, uh, three buildings fell down and only two of them were even hit by planes and had any kind of fire. What about that third building? And, you know, all the different things that people are told, just don't look, don't don't use those lying eyes of yours to decide that uh, things aren't quite right. Just shut up and do what we tell you to do. And uh, George uh, W. Bush 
was responsible for us going to Iraq, um, weapons of mass destruction that weren't there, and all the things that happened. We ended up with a eight-plus trillion-dollar bill uh, that went mostly to the military-industrial complex. We killed uh, 50 some uh, 5,400 of our own GIs, as well as uh, something like 35,000 maimed uh, that lost all kinds of limbs and everything else. But guess what? We also killed almost a million I know. people in the Middle East. A million. Our world is changing rapidly. Many crucial systems we depend upon are collapsing. And the most important system that is failing is the food supply. But amidst the chaos, there is a path to resilience. I have the great Marjorie Wildcraft come to the program. People who do not know her, she is kind of like the mother of ultimate preppers. And she's just, she's really good. I've spent decades finding the fastest, easiest, and funnest ways for the average person to be able to grow a lot of food. I used to be a hopeless gardener, but thanks to Marjorie, I'm growing food, and I'm really happy my family has more food security. Marjorie's webinar gave me the confidence to raise and process my own meat. Food production, and Marjorie, I want to thank you for the, the free webinar that you put out there at that website. I've already had uh, you know massive response from people that love your information and how you, you express the joy of learning how to grow food also, and in a small amount of space, when it really counts. So thank you for all that you do, Marjorie. If you go to sarahsbackyardfarm.com, you can sign up for that seminar, that free seminar. I'll have the link below. And so if you have the opportunity, check it out, sarahsbackyardfarm.com, and you will get a ton of free, great information. And guess what we did? We created a permanent enemy That's in the did. Middle East. We created the scenario that they can uh, they can talk forever about how evil the uh, you know the Sunni Muslims and the Shiite Muslims and all the different people are when in fact if we'd have just stayed the hell out of there and not created a false flag we wouldn't be dealing with a lot of problems we're dealing with. I think we are, as a country, a patsy. We're a useful idiots for the globalists. And mm -hmm. we should all be infuriated that any of our money is being refocused for Ukraine, for Gaza, or for Israel, for any of this stuff. I mean, I, we are watching crimes against humanity, and we're paying for it. The Ukraine situation was so clear, the Western media didn't cover it at all, and we were trying to s scream at the top of our lungs. Problem is, and I know you run into this too, all the people who are sitting there listening to all the propaganda, when you tell them the truth, they are like deer in the headlights. And then two years later, they figure it out and they start asking you questions. It's like, well, why didn't you listen two years ago? You know, it's kind of like, okay, I've been right about COVID, we've been right about the Ukraine, we're right about this Israel thing, but you haven't figured it out yet. It's like at some point, maybe you got to just stop listening to these idiots who you're following because in, in another year, you're going to come back and say, yeah, we were right. And so when is it that people will learn before the massacres happen? Why do they constantly still believe these people? 
these people need, we need to stop, turn off CNN, turn off these mass media propaganda outlets and start doing some of your own research. Listen to programs like yours who are giving is the best possible, possible information we can find to keep you informed. That's who you need to be listening to. And once, if, if somebody betrays your trust, well, maybe give them a chance because they're humans, right? But if they do that a few times, you need to ditch them and find somebody else. That's or if right. they don't come clean and say, hey, I was wrong on this, you need to do that. But how many times has these media channels been caught lying and they keep going back to them? And so mm -hmm. at some point, uh, you know, especially if it's getting COVID bo boosters and you're kind of creating your own, I mean, I, if you're that dumb, I mean, you kind of, uh, there's nothing we can do for you. But for the other people who figured out COVID, but still haven't figured out Israel or still doesn't understand Ukraine, it's like, come on, people, stop it. You're still in this brainwashed state. With Ukraine, the NATO had 200,000 troops on the Russian border. Nobody knew about that. 200,000 troops. We violated our treaty that said that it was supposed to be a buffer zone. We were baiting them to go to war. And then we accused Russia of, of invading when we were the ones baiting them to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a point where it's just so insane that we need people to understand, turn on those televisions and start following people who are giving you truthful information and it can come they don't necessarily have to have the same um politics as you but if they're giving you good truthful information that's a good source yeah it is and then sarah i i take pride in the fact that a lot of people uh that i know friends of mine disagree with me on certain issues i'm fine with that that's right. I, you know, that that's part of the learning thing. That's like real science. That's scientific theory versus, uh, you know, the as you talked about the the science is settled nonsense. <laughs> you, you know, if if you're going to be a true scientist, you have to use scientific theory, and that says that every single thing that people bring forward as fact gets tested and tested and tested and tested. And if you can't re recreate the same results after doing multiple applications, then the science isn't settled at all. That's the way science works. Anyway, right. I, I didn't mean to That's get absolutely off. Absolutely right. No, but it's true. And you don't have to agree with all of their conclusions as long as they're providing you with really good information. There's a difference. Just because we don't agree with each other doesn't mean that they're propagandists. They, a lot of people who are trying to get you information are not. They just might have different conclusions. But if they're giving you good information and they're working hard to do that, then you know the, that, that's how we start to, to create bridges and we start to come together is we realize, okay, this person means well. I might not agree with them, but they mean well, and we should probably start creating some bridges here. That's mm -hmm. what we need to do. Well, Sarah, one of the things, and I don't want to get into the fear porn thing either, but the fact is, long ago, reading their own documents, uh, most of these people 
that are part of the so-called new world order, the the power elite, as I refer to them, are eugenicists. And they truly, truly mean and believe that the human population needs to be well under a billion people and that we are the useless eaters and the people who are burning up the world's resources that they should have and that they should control. It's a, a power thing on their part. And I, I, I'm not trying to be fear porn when I say this, but people need to understand the very, very basic thing behind all of the stuff that's going on is that they have zero value for human life if it isn't their own. The, That's right, or their kids, or whatever. Or their they, they kids. Don't care. Yep. Yeah, they, I always think that if you want to depopulate, then you have to be willing to give up 90% of your family, just like you're expecting everybody else to. Well, they don't plan to do that. No, well, they and don't. That, they think that yeah. they're superior. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the problem. We we want to. Um, I I really want to get into the COVID thing because you've you've done a lot of work on that. You've done a lot of programs, a lot of research on it. But um, you know they they use COVID as a, um, a a way to inject people with things that are not in their own best interest. Would you talk a little bit about some of the research you've done on that? Because the fact is, is that uh, COVID was a, uh, as you say, a psyop that was created to get people to do things that they hadn't planned on and wouldn't normally do. Yeah, I mean, why would you take a uh, a experimental vaccine to to do a, to solve a disease? that was killing less than 1% of the people. It, the, the whole pandemic was contrived. There wasn't a pandemic. That's the key. They redefined what a pandemic is and the, something like it had to be 7% death rate for it to be a pandemic. Well, it was less than 1%. They redefined the stats so they could turn it into a pandemic. And then they had MSNBC and CNN for a year put the death count up to freak people out. And those idiots did it. So they have a lot of blood on their hands as well. And then they banned and censored treatments that worked for COVID. Like chlorine dioxide is still banned in the United States, but they've went through this. The Cocker Institute has done phase three trials. There's over a hundred thousand people that have, they've uh, tested it on no side effects and it works a hundred percent of the time. There are countries that, that have it as their, uh, what do you call it? Their um, default mode. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Their standard of care. And but in the United States, it's still illegal, and in many countries, it's illegal, but it has no side effects, and it works. And so they're banning that. They're banning other things while they're forcing people to take an experimental drug that they didn't even do any proper testing on. And the testing they did do showed that it was really bad. Mm-hmm. And the mRNA is, uh, as you know, the studies on animals showed, and they've been using it for at least a decade before they implemented it on us. They knew all the animals were dying. They knew it. They knew that you had to give us a certain amount of boosters in order for us to die. A lot of people haven't 
gotten that many boosters, but they've gotten enough to really affect their immune systems. So mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of people walking around with poor immune systems and the poor immune systems cause all sorts of diseases and illnesses from, you know, the cancers that are skyward, 20 times cancers. I mean, huge increases in all sorts of diseases because their immune system is, is shot. Inflammation, which is causing disease everywhere. And then of course the blood clots that are one of the largest side effects. We all know people now who have died or who have cancer because of the vaccines. How many of those people are willing to admit that they're sick because of the vaccine? Now this is the other, the second phase of this propaganda, Mm -hmm. the people getting cancer, which I know people who have gotten cancer from, I think is from the vaccine because it's up 20 over 20 times. Well, cancer existed before the vaccines were given. So now all these people who have cancer think that they just happen to be, they just got it anyways. Who's to say that it was a vaccine? Well, it's up 20 times. More than likely, you're in the 95%. Ty, only 5% would have gotten cancer before without the vaccine. 95% of the people getting cancer now is because of the vaccine. If it's up by 20 times, Mm -hmm. that's the numbers. And, and, but most of the people and that's what the means mainstream media is doing and all the media that's on the the anybody who isn't admitting to it yet which is a lot of the left unfortunately they are they just can't admit to it because they were so behind it so i don't know that's the second part of the psyop is they know that people can't accept what they did that's why these people are still lining up you still have 10 percent of the people lining up getting the boosters like how dumb can you be now for still doing it but the other part is they won't admit that all this death is happening because of the vaccine. They know it, but they mm-hmm. won't admit to it. We've had vaccines in the past that have killed 46 people and it's been pulled off the market. I mean, this right. is a totally unprecedented. And But they keep going. I mean, there's nothing in history where they allowed this. Maybe the Spanish flu, people claim this happened then. I don't know. That's That's something that, but in modern history that we know of, this has never happened where a vaccine has killed this many people or any kind of medicine, period, and not been pulled off the shelves. Not only are they not pulling it off the shelf, they're doubling down on all these deaths are not happening because of the vaccine. That, and then they're censoring, YouTube is still censoring anybody that talks about it. They call it medical misinformation because mm-hmm. you're going to harm all sorts of people. It's like, really? We have people dying all over the place because you're not allowing these people to hear what they can do. There's doctors, you know, like the wellness company or other doctors who are Dr. Glidden, who are up to speed on what to do if you have side effects from these vaccines. That's what we need to be focused on. And mm-hmm. instead, they're, instead they're censoring us and tell us we're providing medical information that's going to harm people. For, for God's sake, this is the psyop. Only mm-hmm. evil people do stuff like that. And right. only useful idiots help implement it. Right, right. That That is the evil part of this whole thing is the fact that now th- this, I mean, anybody with a brain bigger than a pea, when they said, uh, those of you that don't get the vaccine, you're going to make all the people that got the vaccine sick. Remember that? Yeah. They said, like, if the, you exactly. don't get the vaccine, then the people that got the vaccine are going to get sick from you. 
Give it's me like, well, a What does break. the vaccine do then? But that's <laughs> been the argument with all these people who are, you know, against vaccines used in, me- in methods that aren't appropriate. Their mm-hmm. argument has been these these groups are why do you worry about me not getting it if all these people are protected? Right. Well, I right. mean, it, it makes no sense. But especially right. with the COVID thing, it made no. And all these people still bought into it, and they thought I was a bad person for not getting it. It's like mm-hmm. you are. But the, the this propaganda is nonstop, and it's just wave after wave after wave, and we're watching it unfold. And people are still, they're just buying into the next layer of the propaganda is what it is. Mm -hmm. They're buying into the next layer. They might've gotten past the fact that, okay, these boosters don't work. It doesn't work. But now that they've known that they still can't get their head over the fact that they're sick because of the vaccine. And there's Mm -hmm. things you can do. If you could get yourself past that, you can, there's actually some things you can do to help yourself and you might not have to die. You don't have to die from that blood clot. You don't have to die from the cancer, but they're just don't get it. And I don't know. And that's due to censorship. Mm-hmm. It is. And and what you're talking about, and that we'll get back now into the uh, the subject of UNESCO and, and the UN and the World Health Organization, all these groups now that are trying to censor us because we say, use your brain. Don't do something just because everybody tells you you've got to do it. Make a good decision based on the information that's available and do your own research and find out for yourself if uh, you should be doing what they're telling you to do. And nine times out of ten, you won't do it. Yeah, what makes me so bad for presenting information that can help people? You know, the fact that that is what's being persecuted versus so many other things. You know, it's it's crazy. It's the people who are actually telling the truth. It's truth. Truth is the, the criminal right now. Anybody right now. telling the truth is a criminal. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're doing what we believe is fundamentally right. I mean, I do this because I think it's the fundamentally right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. I was the only one in my town walking around without a mask on. I felt really <laughs> odd, you know. I did it because it was the right thing to do because I knew I was doing research showing that masks were creating psychological problems and and how they how masks um, is a, a tool, a psyop tool to... Um, they do it with like uh, when they're doing torture and with prisoners of war and stuff, they put masks on people. It's a way to uh, get it's an oppression. You know, it's a submissive thing. It's a great to create submissiveness. Right. And right. and like the last thing I I don't know, maybe it was built into me. I, I had anxiety even wearing it. And so maybe God gave me that you are not going to wear this thing. And so I didn't. And, and it was mm-hmm. just it bought it really created anxiety for me to wear it at all. And so I couldn't. And, and then I realized I do just a ton of research on how bad this is psychologically for people. And now we know based on these children, the, the, the developmental delays in children, because they couldn't see adults speaking their speech delays. I mean, what 200, there was a scientist that came out with 270% of the uh, uh, increase in speech delays. Mm -hmm. And these kids are all behind and they still aren't admitting all this stuff. It's like you hurt our young ones for what, for what? 
and we're the bad guys for pointing this stuff out, something is really off. Well, it's very off. And yes. um, the the other, they talked about how when you put a mask on, there's a sense of isolation. And that's, uh, and that's uh, you know, caused a tremendous amount of depression. Uh, after the the lockdowns and the COVID thing, the suicide rate like quadrupled in a matter of a couple of months because of this stuff. They, they more people died of suicide than probably the and depression and everything else and all these just diseases from the lockdown than from the disease itself. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's crazy that they were implementing these things and then they were putting all these small businesses out of business. That's oh, yeah. another serious crime. And that's why all these lefties Oh, who, that's why I keep calling them useful idiots. I never would say that I'm a hard right. I was probably just always in, I just don't even believe in the left right paradigm. It's just what's mm-hmm. truth and what is real and let's figure this yeah. out. But all yeah. these useful idiots who claim that they care about this, the little guy, the little guy was being demolished during mm-hmm. this and they were so caught up in their own fear and stupidity that they were supporting this. It's like mm-hmm. now when we're supporting genocide in Gaza, they're so caught up in the BS that you support the unthinkable. They're supporting the unthinkable. And we have, with the amount of power that these these globalists have with these big tech companies and data, we have a lot of work to do to get people to be able to think critically and to not be affected by this. That's our job. Mm-hmm. That is our job. And when we're talking about UNESCO and we're talking about the World Health Organization, these different groups, the amount of power that they have, the ability that they have to censor, and they're trying to push this even further. There was a a great article here a week or two ago in uh, the Epoch Times about uh, UNESCO and the censorship that they were trying to promote. And uh, with the ability that they have over uh, big tech and over the social media, they have the ability to silence people like you and me unless people start standing up and saying, we are not going to allow this kind of censorship to happen. And this, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm uh, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat anymore. I'm kind of a, uh, I guess I'd call myself a uh, uh, liberal uh, libertarian in, uh, yeah. in my yeah. ba- basic thinking because I, I'm at the point now where I am so sick and tired of the two-party politics and the fact that, uh, you know, you look at the two parties. One of them promotes fascism and the other party promotes communism you know and here we are right in the middle trying to figure out how freedom gets promoted (laughs) that's exactly right we're about freedom and liberty and all the things good to have so the average person can flourish and these guys are promoting communism and fascism and complete tyranny and Mm -hmm. i i don't know why anybody follows these guys when that's what they're promoting Mm mm-hmm Well, you think about it, crony capitalism, they call it crony capitalism. That is basically, uh, crony capitalism is monopolism. It's creating monopolies. It's picking and choosing the winners and the losers. 
in business. Well, Which guess they're what? Doing. That's fascism. Okay. Yep. And and the Democrat Party is uh, promoting communism because they believe in in world socialism and the crony capitalists believe in national socialism. I don't believe in socialism at all. I believe in liberty and constitutionalism, if if you could use that term. And that means that uh, we've got to quit. we got to start thinking outside the box and start thinking like people who have the ability to do de- deductive reasoning. We need to quit following people that are trying to lead us to hell and back. That's right. The only place that I believe socialism is is um, valid is at the local, the most local level, if the people want it. If at the very local level, at the city level, they want to pool their resources and do whatever they want, they can do it and knock themselves out all day long. But it shouldn't be higher than that. It should be at the lowest, lowest level, and you guys can figure it out and use your resources how you want, as long as you all agree, or at least the majority agree, and you can people can move, and other people can move in. But it's at the lo- but it's not top down. It's not state down. It's at the very local level. If they want to do that, knock themselves out. But to subject it on anybody else is total BS. Well, you know, it's like I, I used to hear the uh, the old adage: "A little socialism is good." No, I don't think so because <laughs> uh, there's no such thing as a little socialism. It grows on itself. It. It is a self-inflicted yeah. wound, and and the more that they do it, the more it uh, ends up taking over the whole I know. Ship. It's like a growing cancer. The problem yeah. is, is that because I'm for freedom and the ability for people to make their own decisions, yeah. if that is what they want and the people there agree to it, then I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that's my, my deal. It's like We you, should you protect can't. our right to be able to do whatever they want to do that's that's what i'm not that i agree with them but if they are and they but they can't force it on others and people should be able to move out if they don't like it beyond that that's the only implementation i think would be in my world view of freedom being first of where that can work i don't you know where it where i i would be a hypocrite for not allowing it that's the only aspect Mm -hmm. i think Yeah, that's kind of the libertarian view, too, is that people ought to be able to do whatever they want to do as long as they don't harm anybody else. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. The harming other people is what you're getting, and it's like, yeah, it's like a cancer. Yeah. And so we have to be careful that they're not subjecting on others. But they, that, that's, that's just fantasy. What I'm talking about mm-hmm. is fantasy anyways. We're right. dealing with the World Health Organization, the UN. We're dealing with monsters with a bunch of youthful idiots implementing this stuff. I know some people, or I've heard about, I know some people who work at the UN who believe the only way to bring peace to the world is through a powerful United Nations. And and I've pushed back and I've asked questions on some of these people I know. Mm -hmm. What happens when, you know, they're not elected. So what happens when bad guys are running, which we have now, they don't Mm -hmm. see it as bad guys, but they just don't, they can't comprehend that could be the situation. These people need to go live in tyranny that's more obvious to them. I don't know why they can't see it, but they're not, you know, they're, they're 
university educated people with no practical experience. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And it gets back, it circles back to what we talked about originally, that if all you have is theoretical experience at a university, you go out and you do things like this. You become mm-hmm. useful idiots for others. And you've got to get some practical experience and actually learn about stuff instead of just reading about things in books. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, what are we going to do to... to uh get the United States back on track, to get our country back on track. What can we do about that? And I know you're going to say, I'm, you're going to say what I say all the time, uh, which is true. We've got to do it by people getting off their butt and getting involved. But we also need people to uh, start looking at the big picture and realizing how propagandized and how we are being led like sheep to the slaughter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The the sheep to the slaughter for being silenced, speech being silenced, you're going to be led by sheep to the slaughter is very true. I think, you know, I I always said, you got to get involved. You got to get involved. But now the more, and I still think that, but I'm more on the kick of what you just said is getting people informed of how they're being manipulated and for them to start being more conscious of that, they need to raise their conscious awareness of what's happening. They need to grow in that because if everybody gets involved, but they're still unconscious and being manipulated and shepherded around and, and, and being propagandized, then we'll do things like support the, the Gazan massacre. We'll support this Ukraine war. We'll keep supporting nonsense. It, and it takes you a year or two before you get it. You got to figure out the pattern so that you're not subjected. You're not going to be a useful idiot for these other people. That's the number one situation is figuring out how to help people get from underneath all this propaganda because they can go out and get, um, we do need them to be active in their local areas, but they also need to understand how they're being manipulated. And then one way to get around some of that at the local levels is to really strip out all the politics around it. Get rid of the Democrat notion, get rid of the Republican notion, look at these issues on an individual basis. Do not talk about what the left or right wants to do. Just in your local communities, just look at the issues and get politics out of it. That'll be one of the most important things you can do is because when people come together from the left and the right or from all these different political parties, If you stop talking about the language of the party and you just look at those issues, it's amazing how much people can work together. People can work together quite a bit if they do that. That's the number one thing you need to do when you're, um, because otherwise people are going to be triggered and shut down and you guys are going to be fighting. So get rid of all that. I think that cities, our city didn't even have, whether you're a Democrat or Republican on the ballot, you just vote for the best people. That's Mm -hmm. what needs to happen at the local levels. Get rid of all the Democrat, Republican, and just say, I'm here for the people. I'm going to do the best job I can on every single issue on its own merit. And that's how we're going to deal, deal with it. That's how you move forward. Are you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience? Concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? Look no further. The Freedom Buying Club is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. 
say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies. Your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. Taste the difference with their premium all-natural beef. Their commitment to quality means you savor every bite with confidence. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. Enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join the Freedom Buying Club today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away. So I urge you to go to their website at freedombuyingclub.com and you can start your independence today. Uh, because so many, with all this propaganda, that's one of the best ways, because you're going to be dealing with, even if you learn, you get past the propaganda, you're going to be dealing with a lot of other people who've been sheeped mm -hmm. around and still aren't aware of it. Only way to get out from underneath that is to focus on the individual's issues as they come and get strip out all the political elements of it. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. Cause otherwise we're, we're, we're hoes. They have too much power over us. Yeah, you're right. If, uh, if we continue to let them to uh, control the, the playing field, then we're going to continue to uh, be defeated in everything we do. That's now, right. I'm going to bring up something that you may be very aware of, but a lot of people aren't, and that's a program uh, at a national level called Tactical Civics. Have you heard oh, of yes. that program? I have. There's somebody that has been really on my case to get involved and to help with this, and mm -hmm. I haven't, you know, I can only do so much, but I've heard it's really good. Now, what do you know about it? Because I'm very interested. Well, it, it, I've, I've been following it for about, oh, probably six or seven years. And when it uh, initially came out, it sounded like a great idea, but uh, trying to get local communities to implement it has been a slow process. Well, no longer, because apparently I talked to the, the guy that started the tactical civics program, and according to him, there's over... Well, now I think it's 1,100 different small communities and counties around the country that are uh, accepting and taking off the program. And, and here's what it is. It's basically bottom-up local government. It requires that we uh, have local grand juries. It requires that we have a, a local well-regulated militia. It requires that our, uh, our congressional districts be no more than 50,000 people mm, and good. that all of the elected officials who are elected to Congress uh, are at the local level. And we can do it now because of the Internet, because of Zoom meeting, because of programs like we're on right now. There's no reason that our political uh, so-called leaders have to be in Washington, D.C. And guess what? You get them out of the big 
out of the big uh, big uh, DC sewer and get them back in their local communities are a lot more accountable. I and, think that's better. Yeah, that's well, excellent. That would they, be excellent. It would be excellent. And they said, well, you're going to have 6,500 uh, politicians that are Congress people. That would be awful. And I said, no, it wouldn't. That would get the uh, politics back to the local level. That would yes. mean that uh, that person that was a congressman was representing uh, 50,000 people, and that 50,000 people live in his uh, community or live within close, close proximity and have access to him. What a difference that would make. And and most things should be decided at the local levels anyways. We shouldn't be doing all this. this uh, I'm completely against the United Nations being a global tyranny. You know, it's like, come on. We, they have no skin in the game. So the, the people who actually are affected by it are the people locally. That And the only thing that we should be working together on in things where we can share resources that will help on a national level. But in general, everything's local anyways. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And that's what has uh, changed over the last 100 years is that we went from government, all government being pretty much local and bottom-up government to top-down government where that's right. we have a chief executive, a president, who now has all these agencies, all these cabinet-level agencies under his control. And guess what? Not one of them is headed by an elected administrator. They're all done by appointed administrators. We have turned our government upside down. We put our government on our on its head. And this tactical civics program makes a lot of sense if you look at the big the the big picture because in the process of creating all these uh, all these congressional districts, you also bring rule of law back to the local level. You impanel through the county uh, local grand juries. And, well, and that's a key, the, mm -hmm. the taking back our justice system, because I've been on a kick lately of of wanting people to understand that our judges at this point are mm -hmm. committing treason and fraud and that they need to be investigated. And a lot of our judges need to be taken out and go to prison because they are not upholding their oath of office. They don't care. All they're doing are useful idiots again. Mm -hmm. bribed, blackmailed, I don't know, for for the bad guys, because justice is not happening. They're throwing out cases. They're not looking at, they're bribed and paid off. Any judge that's bribed and paid off needs to go. Mm -hmm. Well, and you take and a look a at, them. take a look at what happened with the 2020 presidential election. No, no, not one right. case went to the higher courts, not one. That's all because of blackmail and control within our broken justice system. And all of those people, if there's even a sniff that the judge is taking bribes and blackmail, they need to be investigated. And then, you know, they're innocent until proven guilty too, but they need to be investigated. And if they did that, they should be gone mm -hmm. and probably do time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm all in favor of uh, uh, court marshals uh, at the national level, if that's necessary. 
And, uh, you know, people ought to hang by the neck if they uh, commit treason against the country. Well, and that's what we're dealing with. Until we start that language, you know, I think I'm one of the few that's out there saying judges need to be prosecuted. Until we start understanding what we're dealing with and start talking that language, things aren't going to change. I agree. Well, um, if we get government back at the at the local level, it'll make it'll make a huge difference because yes, look at what has happened under the uh, International Monetary Fund, the the fiat banking system. We couldn't go to war if we were on a uh, legitimate gold standard where we couldn't create as much money as government bureaucrats want to create just so they can spend it. That's right. If it came out of everybody's pocket, we, you know, 99% of the wars that we've been through in the last 150 years would not have happened if they had to yeah. be paid for. If people have skin in the game, there's consequences for what you do. That's why consequences for what you do is imperative. You make better decisions when you actually suffer the consequences of your decisions. That's why local governments are important because the people locally suffer from it. If you're making decisions in the ivory tower of the United Nations, then people are going to be suffering the ramifications of all your decisions until you're smart enough and come around to it that you made a bad decision. And all these people are suffered for it because you thought you knew better for everybody. That's that's the whole problem. There's no consequences for them. There's no consequences, and it always gets back to the same thing. Follow the money. If you want to know why something happened, you follow the money. And it always ends up going back to the same place. There's a handful of people that are making de uh, the decisions for the rest of us, and we're just along for the ride. Well, that's got to change for sure. That absolutely does have to change. And and we shouldn't have to be paying our taxes. I hate the fact that I have to write these huge checks, you know, because I'm self-employed. So I have to write a huge check for this. The borders are wide open. They're trying to depopulate. They're still lying about COVID. They're helping Ukraine and all this, the, the, the madness around that. Now they're we're funding a genocide and I got to send you money. That's mm -hmm. very disturbing. Well, I always say you you can you can tell your enemies by their friends and you can tell your friends by their enemies. And if you look at uh, who they're after and who they're attacking, they're going after Donald Trump. I mean, that poor guy, uh, you know, and there's parts of Donald Trump. I think he's 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 got a. Uh, a few personality problems, no question. But uh, is the guy on the right track, and was he trying to do the right thing for America? I don't think there's any question of that. And uh, look at who they're going af after all over the world. Okay, China gets free pass, but they're going after Putin. They went after Gaddafi. Uh, we I went into that. Iraq and took out uh, Saddam Hussein. I mean, you look at who they're going after. They're going after the people who don't believe in central bank fiat currencies. Yeah, that's right. And do you that's know right. that I Donald Trump was a 9-11 truther? Did you know that? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, he has some interesting. Do you know why Liz Cheney was so vociferous about Donald Trump and hated his gut so bad? Why? Because her daddy was right in the middle of 9-11. He was one of the architects of it, Uh, the project for the new American century. Yeah, well, she was put up to it by her dad, I think. I think he was, you know, I don't, I think, Donald Trump, the fact that they're going after Trump like crazy is now the new narrative is that this is a narrative and I've heard people repeat it and it just, this triggers me a little bit that people elected Hitler because he was a populist president at the time. And that's why they're allowing, they're trying to comparing Trump to Hitler because people are delusional in picking this populist, tyrannical dictator dictator just like they did Hitler. And it's like, well, wait a minute, Trump has already been in office for four years. So did you see any dictatorship type stuff? I mean, they don't like the abortion. Okay. We have different opinions on abortion, whatever, but he, all he did is push it back to the States. He didn't say anything else. He was he's not actually, even. I think he's pro-choice. He isn't that extreme really isn't from mm-hmm. from a social standpoint i think he's pretty much in the middle right mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. not that extreme he's what a they, populist yeah he's a populist and i don't think and, but he has no, no proof the thing is they have no proof that he's going to be a dictator he has already been in office for four years so that's propaganda and so if these people actually believe it it's like well he's already been in office so did you see him acting like a dick? They think he was. They were convinced he is. But those mm-hmm. same people believe that the Russian gate thing was true. They lied mm-hmm. and they still listen to these people. They lied to him day in and day out and they still listen to him. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean what do you, what kind of save saving graces are for people who can't learn from their past mistakes? I don't I mean oh. I don't know. That's the critical thinking that I was talking about from before. Well, and we do know that um, the victors write the history. They have uh, consistently. We know that we've been drugged through virtually every war that the United States has been in uh, since the Spanish-American War has been a false flag event. Yeah, I know. We, we know crazy. that yeah. we know that the Maine, the sinking in the Maine, was. Uh, a, a made-up deal. It was actually it was sunk, but it was sunk because they had a fire in the magazine that was too close to the uh, boiler, and somebody did a lousy de- design job when they put the uh, powder magazine close to the boiler, and it ended up blowing up the ship. Uh, we know that World War One was Wilson uh, and the Lusitania. Uh, trumping up a war to take out the Germans because uh, because uh, J.P. Morgan was losing money because he had bet uh, and funded a whole bunch of money behind the, the British crown, and he was on the verge of losing close to a billion dollars, and so they had to get in the war to make sure that didn't happen. I mean, you go through the list. We wouldn't have had World War II if it hadn't been for the Versailles Treaty. Uh you know, there's, know. it's all there. You know, of course, we know <laughs> the Gulf of Tonkin. We know 9-11. Uh, you know, we know the proxy war that happened, the so-called uh, uh, war in uh, Iraq, the first Iraq war. 
and how they were smashing babies. Iraqis were smashing babies' skulls against the uh, concrete in Kuwait. What nonsense. This whole thing. We just keep listening to the same people dragging us from one lousy mess to another, and everyone uh, end up in two things, massive death and massive expense. And guess who comes out on top in both regards? The New World yeah, Order crowd yep. and the bankers. And we suffer. Innocent people suffer every time. Every I think time. they want to go to war with China because I think that will depopulate quite a bit. I think they're gearing up mm -hmm. for war with China, personally. Mm -hmm. I think well, that's the next. That's what they really want. When we realize that they're deadly serious about uh, taking the world's population to fewer than a billion people, I guarantee you they don't think they're going to be one of them. They've, they've got their islands. They've got their underground shelters. They've got their stuff to protect themselves. And as far as they're concerned, the, the useless eaters that we represent are the ones that need to disappear. And they're going to try to do it without losing all of the... Um, the infrastructure that uh, the useless eaters have built. Now that's going to be interesting. I can see him going back to Newton bombs and things that destroy people, but don't destroy uh, facilities. And guess what fa falls in that very, very well. Plandemics. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it was, mm -hmm. it's perfect for that. Mm -hmm. So do you think that they're going to go to war with China? Do you think that's the next big, uh, that's the enchilada they're going for? Because I just I just keep seeing war drums building mm -hmm. against China. Or do you think that that's just, they want China? I, what do you think? I You know, it's, it's funny, but we get back to the same thing. I see the world being run by despots that are, like you say, they're technocrats. They uh, want to see a one-world feudalist system where a handful of people control and own everything, and the rest of us are in this technocracy that they can control everything we do. And uh, so they want to get everything snapped down where they can control it before they pull the plug on everything. And I think you're right. I, I wouldn't put them past, uh, put it past them one second that they would start a major world war just to get this stuff to happen. Well, because of, you know, I've done some study on depopulation and what their goals are and war has always been used throughout history as a way mm -hmm. to thin out a population. It sucks, and, they, and they, they say it's for other reasons. Well, it probably is, that they can do multiple agendas at once. Let's do this war. We need to thin out our populations, and we want to get this agenda across, so that's why they do it. And, and the majority of the people around it actually don't realize that's what's happening. They, they think that there's this real war going on, and there's all this legit things. That's what all the U.S. soldiers, you know, we're fighting for freedom, which should just be which is so ridiculous now, which I want to come back to that. But they, they, the rest of the people, they, they really believe that the propaganda about the war, but in reality, it's about thinning out the populations and maybe the other agenda they're trying to get across. But, you know, when you played that song at the beginning, I love that song. 
but it's so sad because all mm-hmm. those people that died b- for our freedom, we are, they are going to, they have died in vain if we allow our country to go down this way because we have fought wars for a lot less than what's happening to America right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that our politicians are allowing the border to be open or all these other things that they're doing is so the COVID, all of that is bigger than I, than any war that we fought, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this, and the fact that all these military people, they're out there fighting all these foreign wars and doing things when everything that's happening here is happening. So all these people in the past who died for our freedom, that's all in vain. If we don't protect the country now, I mean, I don't know, maybe the country's already gone. I mean, we, we have a lot of work to, maybe it's gone and we got to get it back. Well, that's why we're here. That's what we're going to do. Sarah, I'm just glad um, that you're on the same team I am. And I'm, I'm uh, somewhat older, considerably older, but the fact is uh, I get up every day with the idea that my purpose in life is to save this country for our children and our grandchildren. And I have that responsibility and I'm, you know, I'm a veteran, I'm, uh, but I'm not any, certainly wasn't any kind of a war hero or anything. But the fact is, is that we need to understand that we're being led around by a bunch of people. And as we said earlier, it always goes back to the same thing. Look who profits from creating the messes that they're creating. Who makes money off of war? Bankers. That's right. Bankers. They fund both sides. They that's fund what, both sides. That's what's happening in Israel. I mean, you had Netanyahu bragging about how they funded and created Hamas and how it's important for Hamas to stay there because it keeps the two-state solution from occurring. He, mm-hmm. They have him on video all over the place bragging about that. I know, and I've seen the same tapes. We did a, a uh, program here a couple of weeks ago where we showed the, the tape, and I'm thinking the gentleman's name was uh, Swanson. Uh, he's a Dane that did a a, a video on uh, on what's going on over there. there. There's ample evidence that everything that we're seeing happening today is through manipulation. And right. the reason that they hate Putin so bad is because he he actually stood up and fought back. And he's been talking about going back to a gold standard, the BRICS, the which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And now they've got like 25 other countries that want to join them uh, and get back like on a gold standard. But they're going to put their moving in January, I believe. They're adding up, so there'll be 10 of them, I, I believe, or 20, mm-hmm. uh, 10 or 20. I don't know, but they're officially adding more of these countries now. And there's mm-hmm. a lot more that have applied to be part of it. I, The majority of the population belongs in the BRICS right now. Because you got mm-hmm. India, you got China, you got Russia, you got Brazil, you got large populations that are involved. So there's way more of them than us. Yeah. Well, and you, and you look at uh, Saudi Arabia just announced that they were going with That's the right. BRICS. Well, guess what? We gave up the gold standard in '71 with Nixon, and uh, part of the how we got away with that is by the Saudis agreeing to go 
uh, put the U.S. in a system called the petrodollar, where right. all the the financial transactions were backed by oil. Well, they're out of the picture after that happens. When that announcement happened, that to me was a nail in the coffin for the dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It's just a matter of time. MIT. I just did a thing with Martin Armstrong. He's a, a mm-hmm. really smart economist, and MIT has a thing saying that by 2030, they did a, a study back in 1972, I believe, but it was commissioned by the. Um, Club of Rome. So it was probably propaganda in and of itself, but they did uh, a, a study showing that by 2030, our, the economic system, the Western economic system was going to collapse. But since then, the factors that they predicted for the collapse have accelerated. So we're talking, you know, and we're, we're talking imminent collapse here within the next six years if it was on their timeline, but apparently it is accelerated quite a bit. So mm-hmm. when are we going to collapse? I don't know, but it's imminent at this point. And people just need to come to grips with it. That's why I tell people, make sure you get gold and silver so that you at least have some back. You have some kind of um, a safety net for yourself. Barter, yeah. It'll either um, barter, yeah. Keep your, with the wealth that you do have, you'll be able to keep some of that in gold and silver. Because this thing's going down, we just don't know when. And the other question is, is it going down or switching? But when it switches to the BRICS or whatever other system, that, that's what these wars are about, is because they want to control the economy. It's always about ec- economics. It's always yeah, about all money. about money. Yeah. And anytime we've had major, uh, I wrote a paper about this a couple of years ago about and looking back through the last hundred and some years of all the major wars and conflicts, and anytime there is a monetary reset or change, big change in the global economics and you know what the uh, what currency was the standard currency, anytime there's changes like that, there was a major war or mm-hmm. a major conflict of some sort. It's always the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's usually how it uh, how it happens. It, it's uh, with the British, uh, uh, certainly with the British pound, that was World War One. That was the yep. pretty much the death knell for the uh, the pound being the world's reserve currency up to that time. So yep. you're right. You're right. Uh, Sarah, we've only got a few minutes left, but I want to give you a chance to talk about your different websites, the things that you're working on, and how people can learn more about you and follow a lot of the great work that you're doing in in a way that, uh, you know, they can connect with you. Well, thank you so much for that. I, you know, the best way is sarahwestall.com or my Substack, uh, also sarahwestall.substack.com. My home base is my website, sarahwestall.com, but Substack I've been really building and focusing on too. The difference between the two, one is more my show is a news and then Substack has become more of my, my, where I get the word out because it has a good, it has a good newsletter. Like it actually gets to people. Like I have a newsletter and I, but it was, I was having such a hard time getting through and the sites were blocking my, my emails that I'm reaching a lot more people with Substack. I'm concerned that Substack as great as they are. I think they're dedicated to free speech. 
I'm just worried because they're going to be attacked just like we are. And they are suffering some of that want to protect Substack and the people who care about free speech, like um, Bastion's another one. It's a platform I'm on. They care about free speech. So protect the free speech platforms, people. That's really important. But you can follow me. I'm everywhere. I'm literally everywhere. Spotify won't let me back on. So I'm not on there. I'm mm. trying to get on Spotify again, but I'm pretty much everywhere else. My YouTube has two strikes. <laughs> no warning. So I'm kind of letting it sit for a while. But it's so funny. After they gave me a strike, my I, it's my third channel. I just created it. They gave me a strike, and then suddenly my subs- people found me, and my subscribers doubled. <laughs> so I don't know what happened there. But I don't have very many followers. I have almost two thousand there, and but I did have like a hundred and thirty thousand back in the day in 2019 when they that was after years of being censored too, and and kept mm-hmm. and peeling off subscribers. So YouTube, I don't recommend for people, but all these other platforms that I'm on, I'm on Rumble, Bastion, BitChute, um, but my Substack and SarahWestall.com. That's where you can follow me. I'm also airing on the radio in LA and San Bernardino. I air there three times a week. So um, that's another And that's comment. your business program, right? That's, uh, that's uh, business game changers? Yeah, it's, you know, it's business game changers. My agent wants me to call it Sarah, the Sarah Westall show. So we're kind of, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I like the business angle on it. I'm not always uh, pure business though, but everything has a business angle to it, right? This whole world order, the wor- everything's about business and money. So I, from my perspective, I think it all ties back to that. And so it's, to me, it's a business show. My my show just ranked seventh in the United States on Apple Podcasts, so that's pretty cool. That's um, pretty cool in the business news category. And I've been ranking in a couple dozen countries. I just think I reached number one in Greece or somewhere. It's really cool. All these other <laughs> countries are listening to my show. So even though Spotify won't let me back on, which I'm trying to get on, I've been doing quite well in uh, a lot of other countries. People are hungry for this information. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciate the people who follow and support my work. And the other thing is I, I put out a lot of free or a lot of uh, exclusives on my Substack. But mm-hmm. if people can't afford it, if they are work, living on a pension or if they're in another country where they don't make that much money or they lost their business during COVID or whatever it is, I give out free uh, memberships to my Substack for those. If you can afford it, please pay for it. But if you mm-hmm. want to see exclusives and you can't afford it, I people contact me. I've given out just this month like 125 free subscriptions. So I, um, I, I'm true to my word, but I just ask people to be true to theirs too and be honest about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I that's where people can find me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I feel honored that you would be uh, my guest for two hours, and um, I look forward to the next time we have you back on. absolutely. And uh, a brilliant lady, follow her on Substack, follow her on her website, and if you happen to be in the L.A. uh, San Bernardino area, uh, check out her business program, too. Sarah, thank yep. you again for being our guest. Uh, I believe that James and I'm not sure, I don't see Patrick ready to go yet, but uh, the campaign show is following up. Join us again on Tuesday morning for Connecting the Dots and join us again next Sunday. Sarah, thank you again. You're absolutely brilliant lady, and I look forward to uh, having you as a guest many more times. 
Thank you so much, Dan. I so much appreciate it. And you have an amazing holiday, Christmas and New Year's. And I hope you have time to celebrate with your family. We do. That's Relax. one thing. We always have time for family. <laughs> yep. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. God bless you.